This is Chazar Ashir for the Mavoi de Dotor The first thing we did is we spent some time trying to talk through what's our goal when we're learning Primuta Torah. We brought two sources to start out from the Siftechen. First, I'm in Amud Nunchet in the Petach Shar, brings this, this Chazon from the Kamarna Rebbe. Vashemtov went up in this Aliyat Neshama and he asked the Arizal, I believe the context is first the Kamarna Rebbe in this Chazon that he had, asked the Vashemtov what was his relationship to Torah Arizal, what he came to be Machadesh and why he was adding to it. Vashemtov says, let's go speak to the Arizal himself about it. And so he asked the Ariza, why did you say everything so much in Isgalia? Why weren't you malbish all, all the things that you wanted to teach in Avodah Hashem Barach? You're really telling us exactly how the Olamot are. Obviously, it's uh, not exactly, which I'll speak about in a second, but you're really telling us exactly how the worlds are in a certain sense, rather than giving it to us in a way that we can understand more of Derech HaAvodah. The Arizal responds, because I, I died before my time. I died when I was young. If I had lived for another two years, everything would have been completed. We spoke about the parallel source. I didn't bring it here. The parallel source in Shar Kavanot on Shvi Shal Pesach that uh, Rav Chaim Vital asked the Arizal to reveal to him a secret, the secret of the Isle and the Nachash. The Arizal didn't want to do it at first, and finally he was convinced to do so by Rav Chaim Vital. And so the Arizal revealed it, and then he said that for revealing it, he was going to die young. And he ended up passing away that year. So the Arizal says to the Baal Shem Tov, if I had not passed away when I was younger, if I had lived a little bit longer, then I would have been able to reveal all this. This is the first potential matara that we have when we're talking about learning Pimuta Torah, to bring it into our, our avodah, as we're going to speak about a little bit later. Everything that we do in avodah Hashem through the lens of Kabbalah is reflective of something larger, we say. And Adam is uh, Olam Katan, right? We say also, you know, we'll talk about the holographic principle, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but essentially that one of the things that we try to do when we do this Nimud is to bring all of the Inyanim that we're learning into our day-to-day life. And we see that as well in the second source that I brought up, the Siftechen, Rakmash Nogel Avodot Hashem. And he says, Right, you have these two Hasidim who are basically um, learning and they have a, an argument about Yitzchayim. Right, and so the, they asked the Rimen over, if he could basically uh, translate it for them, if he could basically give them an answer. Right, at first they didn't really think he'd be able to do it, but he gave them an amazing answer. So they asked, how could it be that you know the answer? Did you learn this? They said, did you learn the Sefer? 
And the Rimba number said, I taste it from the fruit and I taste it from the tree, meaning I taste it from Prietzheim, which is uh, one of the Lurianic Sfarim on Kavanot, and from Etzheim. And I learned also from the, the Sefer on Sederish Tashalus. And I learned them from the beginning until the end. Of Nam, this is the kicker. And yet, says the Ruminover, I prayed to Hashem Isparach that I would only remember what was useful for my avoda, which is tefillah. He said, anything that I learned was not relevant for my tefillah, I asked Hashem that I would forget it. It's a little bit of an ironic story because you see that ultimately he has a deep hasaga in everything. So it's an open question how much he actually uh, did not have a zikaron of. But the Iker idea is there that the, the things that we're learning, we should be mamshech into our avoda. We see, I brought this uh, essay from, from Eitan Fishbein, where he speaks about this idea that in the same way that we want to bring these ideas of Pimisa Torah into our avoda, we also need to understand that the ideas that the Mikubalim had, their understandings of the worlds, also were intertwined with their avoda. Reading from the middle of this longer paragraph, the work of Moshe Edel and Elliot Wolfson in particular is refocused attention on the experiential dimension that underlies Kabbalistic theosophy. I think actually it makes sense to start from the beginning of the paragraph. By way of introduction to this discussion, a few preliminary remarks are in order. Scholars of Kabbalah have long been wont to characterize the theosophical mysticism as the exposition of abstract metaphysics, which is to say, for a long time, the, the Chokrim thought that when a Mekubal is trying to describe the worlds above them, they're doing it in an abstract sense. They're not really related to it, connected to it. The elaborate attempts by Kabbalists to describe the symbolic inner life of God have been understood by historians as systematic discourses that are preoccupied with the intricacies of ontological reality, what actually exists. However, this understanding of Sephirotic and theosophic Jewish mysticism has undergone substantial revision in recent years. The work of Moshe Delaney Wolfson in particular has refocused attention on the experiential dimension that underlies Kabbalistic theosophy. And scholars have begun to view depictions of ontological Sephirotic metaphysics as inextricable from the meditative, contemplative, and ecstatic mystical states that produce those abstract insights. Just to read that back one more time, or really to explain it rather, we see that the systems and the um, methods of the Mikubalim could not be separated from each other. This is what Eitan Fishbin is saying here. I'm skipping now to uh, one of the last sentences on the page. Indeed, as we shall see, ontological differentiation and hierarchy is only meaningful to the mystic in terms of his own epistemological capacity. How does somebody know what it is to experience Atzilas? I mean, how does a, how does a Mikubal know what Atzilas is? He has a giloy of it. But what does this giloy really mean? This giloy means I have an experience. I read the Tsar. I read the whatever. I have an experience, and I basically have this experience of something in Atzilas. We'd say in Atzilas, The Oros and the Kalim are unified. They can't be separated. So I have my you know revelation of Atzilas. I have this experience where on some level I feel for myself, my Oros and my Kalim are inseparable from each other. After that experience, I'm able to say, wow, I know from the, the Makoros and the text that we have that I'm dealing, I was dealing with Olam Atzilos. Right? So that's a, little bit about, um, that's a little bit about that, about this ability to see these things as unified, the methods and the results as kind of unified. And in the same way that, that we can see here from what Fishbane is saying, that the ability to distinguish between the ontological reality and the epistemological experience of the reality is blurred. 
And so too, when we're learning about these, these topics, these existent things, we don't necessarily want to learn about them as separate things outside of us, but we want to be mamshik them into our derech avodah in the same way that the Mikubalim, when they were coming up and understanding these things, experienced them as part of their avodah. So after that, I want to jump into the Nitiv Chaim. This is Rav Yitzchemir Morgenstern Shlita's, uh, he did a basically a, a dual teaching at the same time he was teaching Nitiv Mitzvah Techa of the Kamar Rebbe while teaching Otzrat Chaim. So he is here speaking in the Hakdama to Eitz Chaim by Rav Chaim Vital, where in Ot Zayin of Sur Mera, which is basically Rav Chaim Vital had a series of Avodah-centric Hanhagas that he thought one should have if they're going to learn Kabbalah. And here we see a machloket between different schools of Kabbalah about what you're supposed to do with the things that you learn. Meaning we saw before, the Rimenover said, I wanted to basically take everything I was learning and bring it into my avoda, specifically into tefillah. When I first um, was studying Utsurt Chaim in a Kol Chatzot in uh, Sheep's Head Bay, the only tznai to join was that if I learned something, I would start to do it. So if I learned a kavana in tefillah, I would start to do it. Meaning immediately one is bringing their avoda and bringing their tefillah in and, and mixing it together with, with kind of the things that they're learning. But we'll see that there's a, there's a different way also. So again, I mean, Udzayin l'chaven betfilah kavanot k'mo shkatu b'ezrat Hashem. L'dibre mekubalim asfaradim. This is now our Morgenstern. Inyan zehu le'ikuva shikabel al atzmo l'kaven ha'kavanot. Right? And so he says, according to the Sephardim mekubalim, this is a preventative thing. You have, you have to be makabal onto yourself. They're going to be makabal l'kavanot. Shim loken harilumet shelo omanat lasot elal Hashem chokhma ba'alma. Because if you don't do that, you're not learning in order to do but rather just to have some kind of chokhmah, right? This is, a, this is an understanding that, that the Sephardim Mekubalim have, that the whole point of Seder Ishtal Shalut, of learning all about the worlds, is lilmod almanat lekaven, that you're doing it in order to do something with it. Really, the, the main two parts of Kabbalat Arizal are Seder Ishtal Shalut, which is the progression of all of the entire worlds. And that's the question of, how did we get here? There was nothing. Right, or there was just Orient of Pashut. How did we get here where we have, you know, student loans and uh, Twitter? And then the second half of it is Kavanut, right? Now, knowing what I know about how we got here, what do I do with it? How does my day to day interaction with the world, how does my tefillah, how does the way that I uh, arrange my life interact with all of the worlds that I just found out that they exist? And how can I basically be Matak in them, right? So he says, the Sfarim Kubalim said, basically, once you learn something, you should bring it into your Kavanas. Right, and so he says in Sefer Das Torah, it says it's not necessarily makav. Not not every mind is made for this, and a person who wants to be makavin could lose their whole day in it potentially. So good. So we see there's different, basically, she taught about how to, how to bring this into your life. There's the idea of trying to bring it into your Avodah Sashem, the way the Hasidim did. There's the way of trying to bring it into the direct Kavanot. Um, and I think, you know, there's the idea of the Rimenover also, where um, you're, you're almost Mashal of the two, and you say, I want to understand this, this Chochmah, um, and I want it to have an impact on my Avodah. In order to begin this limud, my Rebbe was very makpid, um, 
is very makbid about one hakdama, which he calls the holographic principle. Essentially, everything is made up of Esher Sfirot. Everything that we're going to look at in Otsurt Chaim can be categorized into the Esher Sfirot. This means also that the Esher Sfirot themselves each contain Esher Sfirot. So if we take Chesed, Chesed is itself a complete thing. Chesed itself has a Keter Shebe Chesed, Chochma Shebe Chesed, a Chesed Shebe Chesed, a Gvura Shebe Chesed, a Malcha Shebe Chesed. Right? Everything is made up of these um, ten Sfirot, and everything can be categorized into them. And the deeper you go, the more you find the structure over and over and over reproducing itself. Holography, the actual you know, way holograms work, not like cards, but real holograms, the way that they work is if you have a, a stone or a glass, let's say, and you carve a hologram into it, if you then break the, the glass in half, you don't end up with half of the picture on one side and half of the picture on the other side. You actually end up, and this is true in, in real life, you end up with the picture again in both of them, the complete picture. This is one of the this is basically how holography works, and this is the principle of holography. So what we find, and now I'm reading in the Talaros, uh, right from the beginning. This is Os Bays in the in the first chelak. He actually brings this idea, Alderach, um, kind of a mashal. So I'm in the the right hand column, um, maybe about five or six lines from the bottom, maybe a little more. Right, he says it, it's a known thing that basically in Har Sinai there's a there's something that has the sort of the sna in it, meaning there's these rocks that actually have a picture of the burning bush in it. Right, if you look at the entire Har Sinai, it'll look like a single sna. Right, and if you take a little chunk off of Har Sinai and you look into it, what will you find? You won't find a little chunk of that picture. You'll find the whole picture itself, just that it's in Katnus. Right? And so we say about Adam Rishon, he contained all of the Neshamas Yisrael in him, but at the same time, like everything, he was a Tzur of Eser Spheros. And so you find every soul that's a chip off the old block, as they say, is exactly Eser Spheros in the same way. And so you're going to find, as we go through this Limud, everything is going to follow that same Tzura. And that's going to be um, one of our kind of fundamental guiding points. You can see it also in what I brought here, the Mil Kodesh Big Day Yesha. This is um, Rav Aaron Ferreira. This is his commentary towards the beginning of Eitz Chaim. I mean, the left-hand column, the beginning of the new paragraph. Right? So what you find here, this was a, a Makubal in the late 1800s in Jerusalem. He basically had somebody who came to him and was Makshatim and said, how can it be that you're talking about a tiny little prat and it contains infinite pratim within it. How can it be that you say I have a little nakuda and the little nakuda contains everything, the universe in a grain of sand? Right, and he says, this is actually exactly what the Rashash came to teach us. Right? He opened up our eyes to this idea that even a single prat contains a full akanabia. Akanabia being the five worlds, right? Adam Kadmo being the topmost. Right, 
right? And he says, well, and it's not just that they have that in a spatial sense, but they also have that in a temporal sense, right? The worlds that are contained within your tiny prat, within your grain of sand, had a shvira sakelim, which is the mikra malachim, and they had a tikkun, like our world had a partial tikkun already, right? The vizir shonu bakto masrachovus anar, Every single part of every single part you're going to find is Kaluma Esser Spheres. Not going to explain exactly what he's saying there. We'll get into it more. But essentially, this is the underlying idea. When you have the holographic principle, it's the idea that everything is following the same structure and everything is reflective. It's that chip off the old block of something greater. I wanted to close out the understanding of the holographic principle with... Um, this chart from the Siftechen, I'm on Amud Resh Pe Aleph. You can see in, in the different spherot here that all these different Bechinas are the same thing. So let's just do a more simple one. If you take a look at um, Netzach, right? Netzach is, has a way that it's um, represented in the body, right? Train Simchik Shot. I'm sorry, the Train uh, Shukin. Right, that's the two knees. It has a way that it's represented in a punctuated Shem Havaya, which is the Nakud of Chirik, right? It's just the, the single point. Um, it has a way that it's represented in the Shemot Pilti Nimchakim, Havaya Tzvaot. It has a way it's represented in terms of the Dmuyot of the Tanakh, right? Moshe. All of these are corresponding to the same thing and they're all describing the same thing. Yet, each of them also has a sort of unique identity and a unique thing that it brings into it, right? So what we're going to see over and over is that all of these different pechinas can be um, paralleled to each other. And that's even more apparent in this um, tabla I brought from the Baruchum Vorach, who's one of my teachers, Remecha Hendler. And um, here he lays it out, I think, in, a, in just a fantastic way where you can see the levels of the soul, the different olamot, the different sfirot, the different partsufim, the koltzama, the tanta, the nekudos, the goof of the adam, um, the Tzlamim, etc., etc., the Rosh, Tikkun, the Ovi, all of it is really laid out here um, in a really clear sense. I recommend um, just trying to like bimit bonen a little bit on these two charts. They really, I think, help a lot with this idea of the holographic principle that these things can mamash be the same. Already in our meetup tomorrow, we're going to be um, delving more into this holographic principle and seeing how it works. The last two things that I brought, just a little... Um, set of different intentions that um, we can have for our little Chavura, which would be nice, I thought. Um, we reference a lot this idea of the Mekubalim learning together in order to build some kind of community. Um, if you wanted to learn in the um, Chabura of the Ramak, if you wanted to learn in the Chabura of the Arizal, if you wanted to learn in the Chabura of the Rashash, b'chule, 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 they created these Shtarot, they actually created these agreements that people would fill out and they would use and um, they, would, they would have to stay true to. Um, you know, the Rashash had one where it was about how everyone had to have love for each other in the Chabura, and they had to um, never end up in fights with each other and so on. I brought for you the um, Tznaim, which a person was supposed to be Makayim on themselves from the Ramak. You can see there's about 40 here. There's all kinds of fascinating ones. Um, a lot of them about food, right? Not having a Sikha Batela, always benching Berkan Mazun out loud, Lakavan Bitfila. Um, the, all kinds of interesting ones. Just I wanted to show you an actual example um, of what these things look like. But, you know, my hope is that our Chabura will, you know, emerge and actually have some kind of creation, some kind of thing that um, 
you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be like this, but, you know, we'll have, we'll have creative opportunities. We'll have things that will bring us closer together um, and different hanhagot that will be matim for all of us. And then the last thing I wanted to bring is this um, shoot of the red buzz. It's an interesting one, shown to me by one of my teachers, Ravitz Kloy. And basically in this, um, in this tshuva by the red buzz, he deals with a question about whether or not a person can go to daven in a kehila that they don't usually daven in. And he basically problematizes it a lot. He brings down ideas from the Arizal. He doesn't necessarily name him by name here. Um, but he does, he does reference him in the, in the right-hand column. He says a few different things. I'm not going to read it out in, inside. I'm just going to discuss it outside. But he says, part of the idea of tefillah is it has to be done in a community. It has to be done with people who you know. It has to be done with people who you have love for. Um, and that's really what you're trying to build in this Chabura. He says, even, even just looking at the Arizal's face and even just having the Arizal look at your face gave a tremendous he'ara when it came to tefillah. And so he says, really what it comes down to is to daven in a place that you don't know, you don't know the people, it's not such a good idea. The Arizal, um, I didn't bring this either, but the Arizal um, would tell his students what he considered to be the shorsh of their neshama. He would um, make yichudim that were specific for some of his students. And he was very, very makpid on the idea, right? We get this kavanah from the Arizal that you say when you're, when you're davening, that you're makayim the mitzvah of v'haftalurecha kamocha. He said it's very important that you're davening with people whose names you know and whose struggles you know so that you can actually daven on their behalf. Otherwise, there's no kiyum of v'haftalurecha kamocha. What kiyum is there? How can you empathize with somebody who don't know what they're going through? So the Arizal took this very seriously. This is a fundamental element of his tefillah. Imritz Hashem, one day we'll be learning shark of us together. We'll be able to get into that. Um, but there's no doubt that this was kind of a fundamental um, element of it to him. And I think it loops back into what we were initially saying before uh, at the beginning with these ideas from the Siftei Chen that um, what, what does this limud do on a tachlis level to you? How does it bring out new things in you? I think it brings you to love. I think it brings you to empathy. I think it brings you to um, have an awareness of the similarity and the um, empathy that's necessary in the world. This is also an expression of the holographic principle that really everything contains a bechina of everything. You meet somebody else, they have a bechina of you in them and you have a bechina of them in you. And it's through the interactions you have with them that it can come to be miskala. So we should be zoche to have these kind of diluyim, these kind of chilufim um, in our chabura. And uh, I'm excited to see everybody tomorrow. Cool too.